It's the Journeyman. We're back. We're back, everybody. But we're back and stronger than ever. Officially, uh, the Quad Pod, I guess you could call it. There's four of us now. You got me, Ben Fleming, Dan Straley, the red-bearded wonder, who, of course, is the star of the show. Uh, the Professor, Mr. Wheeler, in the house. And now we've added our fourth, Christina Madrigal, to the show. Uh, welcome in, Christina. Hey, thank you. I'm excited to be here. So the important things going on this last week, pictures and catchers have reported uh my son currently just qualified mm. for the finals of his hockey tournament in santa rosa and nice. most importantly the super bowl happened now so here's here's my take on the super bowl this is a baseball podcast but i understand we can talk about the super bowl right i'm giving myself permission for this oh yeah there was a there was a baseball yes. player quarterbacking one of the teams you're good patrick mahomes yeah you're right. good right yeah. let's go okay was this a great game to you guys i felt like the game was fine it was okay. It accidentally got into overtime, mm. and then that had a little overtime. bit of drama with it. But just because it goes to overtime doesn't make it a game, great game, right? I feel like the NFL has this thing where it's like, oh, what a great game. The game was fine. Am I way off base or what? No, I, I, you're definitely right there. I think the only uh, – I found more joy watching uh, one of the guys that came to my house. I, I found more joy watching him – sweat the over under the whole time and is Travis Kelsey gonna catch a touchdown I I got more joy out of watching that aspect of the game than anything else I made him put like 10 bucks down that that Kelsey was going to be the first touchdown overall and uh, when that lost I just said you know welcome for dinner like I'm not paying you but the it was really it was I got more joy out of watching that than the actual game like period like watching Christian McCaffrey chuck the football around on the ground was not what I expected when I just want to come watch this run CMC guy run terrorize the the Super Bowl because I don't know about you, but I don't watch a whole lot of Niner football. I just I just don't. Yeah, I, that's what was hard for me too. Is is I don't necessarily have a, a warrior in this battle, so to speak. Like we definitely watched it as a family, and it was fun. The boys were into it probably for the first time, so that was fun to see. Overtime Super Bowl, that's awesome, ostensibly. But I just I, I didn't really care about either team. I think you know when Melissa and I got married. Uh, we lived literally down the road from the high school that CMC mm. went to. So I've always kind of pulled for that guy And when we were living in Colorado. And I'm pretty sure I had Travis Kelsey as my second round pick in fantasy for six out of the last seven years or something. So there's a little bit of uh, love there. But, you know, for me, the highlight was was definitely the halftime mm. show. And I, I kind of feel yeah. weird saying that. But Usher yeah. was uh, was near and dear to my heart many years ago. In all fairness, I don't think I had listened to him for 15 years, but my man Ron and I are on this text chain together and we've, uh, with people we've known for like 25 years or more. And aside from us and our partner, Corey, nobody is really talking on it, but even during the Super Bowl, it's just Ron and I texting back and forth about Usher. Right. And you know, he was, he was our, like I said, our guy in the right. 20 yachts, but the, the whole first half we're texting, what's he going to open yeah. with? What's he going to close with? Is he going to play our song? We do have a song. Ron of course and he I, do. So, you know, Usher, Usher's, <laughs> Usher's playing his medley and it's halftime hits and we're texting back and forth and it's like, oh, he opens up with, with uh, My Way, banger, and Caught Up, banger, Confessions 2, loving this club, banger, banger, you got it bad, banger, we, we call, everyone called, he's going to end with yeah, but best is somewhere in the middle there, he plays, uh, he plays You Don't Have to Call and Ron and I start just going wild on the text chain, like he's playing it, he's playing our song, he's playing it. And I'm standing up dancing. Melissa's dancing. The boys are dancing. Uh, Ron calls me on FaceTime. His family's dancing. We're all just dancing yes. together. It was, 
I didn't expect to be there at 42 that my favorite place of, a, of an overtime Super Bowl was that halftime, but it was. Okay, I was about to go into like a scale of 1 to 10 thing on a few elements of the Super Bowl, but I think we just got a 10 out of 10, a 12 out of 10 from the professor on the halftime show. That was a surgical analysis. I was in. <laughs> Christina is the youngest of the quad. Christina, what's your relationship like with Usher? Is it the same as us? Because this really meant a lot to the last few Super Bowls have meant a lot to us. You're not that much younger, but do you do you have a connection with Usher? A little bit. I mean, not as much as Jeff right there. That was <laughs> Well, that nobody was really nobody has a connection like that. Yeah. But no, I was afraid that I wasn't going to know a lot of songs or not remember them. But yeah, after like when my boo came on and Alicia Keys was there, I was like, let's go. Yeah. Banger. All the bangers. I was just really disappointed that this is where, you know, what I grew up with. I was disappointed that Justin Bieber wasn't. Mm. I thought he was going to make a cameo. Wasn't the, wasn't the quote. I just wasn't feeling it. Like, so I don't know if it was a made up quote I saw somewhere on, on, X. I think so. And you know, everything you read on X is real. Right. So I saw Justin Bieber on X saying, uh, <laughs> you know, I just wasn't feeling it. You know, I just, I, I don't yeah. get that. He but, wasn't feeling it watching it. I don't know. Was he supposed no, no, to no. be in it? It, 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 it was, 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 well, was, was about, or I just wasn't feeling it. it was a quote about him, why he was not a part of it. Cause apparently he was asked. And his quote was back to the media. It was like, ah, yeah, I said, no, I just, I just wasn't feeling it. Well, he just did the NHL all-star game festivities too, right? Like That's he was pretty very Canadian there. of him. Yes. That makes sense. I've never felt more lost as a host than I do right now. That's fine. I have, I've lost the pod. It took five minutes to lose the pod into <laughs> pop culture. I can't keep up. <laughs> oh, I should do that. We have a really random, so, bring up, really I'll random bring pop, pop culture right. thing real quick. We were walking around, uh, this, uh, for those of you that are new to the pod, uh, located here in Central Oregon, actually this entire group is here located now in Central Oregon, and uh, I was walking around a winter fest yesterday. You remember the song Holiday Inn? Like the Christmas song? Oh, yeah. The, who's the, Chingy? Is that who sings it? Is that his name? Yeah. So he's... Uh, At the Holiday Inn. Yeah. And so, right, and so all of a sudden we're walking around and I, and I hear that song just kind of playing the Holiday Inn song. And I'm like, wow, like I haven't, I haven't heard that song in a long time. And like I start... Get a little closer, and I'm like, "Wait, is this is this somebody's? Oh, somebody's singing this live!" And then you look over, and there's somebody warming up to have a, a concert in the snow, and there's Chingy over there warming up Holiday Inn, and I'm just like, "Man, there's like like they're really playing to the nostalgia of this group of people out here braving this with our kids right now, and there's going to be so many just frozen toddlers out here just wearing this cold weather so they could <laughs> parents could have a moment of remembrance here for." for their for their childhood and i feel like we just walked down that road uh with usher and jeff but yeah no that happened yesterday and i just like i was sitting there talking to amanda about it and she kept she kept all night joking around until off, offering me a uh, free pass to head back into town to go go to the concert if i really wanted to she's like you can just you can head back in and go <laughs> listen to holiday Inn all night if you want i'm just like i don't know any other songs he sings but i'm just i'm, I'm good i love the imagery I like it when of you like looking right over her. her shoulder <laughs> looking back nostalgically like you want to go backward right she's pulling you forward somehow we've been targeted over the last couple super bowls and i'm not gonna lie it feels good to move into this era of our lives right you had kind of like the nwa snoop dogg eminem super bowl oh, yeah. and now we've got usher and rihanna they're doing stuff for us now mm. finally we made it all right a little bit of baseball talk, Dan. Just a little bit. Okay, we'll probably – maybe we need to come back and talk more about the Super Bowl. We definitely need to talk more about 
other pop culture connections that Jeff has with his buddies. Yes. I don't have a song with you and we need to figure <laughs> out how to get there. Uh, but pitches and catchers reported Dan. So for did. me, a huge longtime baseball fan, I get on Instagram to listen to the clack of the cleats on the concrete and see who showed up and, and who's already talking about being in the best shape of their lives. Mm. Right. It's yeah. just kind of a, a great day on the, to mark the calendar by for me. What actually happens when pitchers and catchers report that first day? That is a it's, a, it's a big day to go get physicals taken. It's like very systematic. Most clubs have been, you know, I've done a tour and most clubs have been pretty much the same where it's, you go in and uh, it's all, you're given a time slot. So, you know, you, you're, the older you are, the later your time slot is basically, unless you want to come in early and you just show up and you get, you're, you go get your eyes examined, dental examined, overall health examined, orthopedist or a surgeons there, orthopedic surgeons there. You get all these things taken care of. You go to the weight room, you do, you know, just all, all the all the normal stuff. They just want to make sure that you are healthy. And uh, you know, there's there's eye tests, there's uh, blood, urine. Like they're they're doing everything. Everyone's getting drug tested. Everyone's getting uh, just physical. And then a lot of times you strap it on go outside and play catch and that's it uh that's a big pitchers and catchers report day uh sometimes that happens actually the day before so i'll have like physicals were the night before so that like there wasn't this like media group of people there and then actual pitcher and catcher report day would be um you know the the, the, the more public one would be yeah the first day of bullpens and there's usually a big meeting about how we're gonna throw a lot of good strikes this year and how you know introductions from who's who and uh, just all that kind of stuff. And then you, you go through it and it's just more of like, don't get hurt. This is the big message on, is the big message on, on the first day is uh, welcome back. Uh, don't get hurt. And I feel like they just built in, they build in a lot of just like time for you to catch up with the boys. Like that's like a notorious baseball thing. So like stretches at two o'clock, everyone's there like at 11 and you're just like talking for the first hour, hour and a half. Is it like first day of school vibes? A hundred percent, but like on a cooler level because half the guys are driving Lamborghinis in. You know, it's just different. (laughs) It's not about, hey, great Pumas, nice Adidas you got there. Sweet backpack. Exactly. It's not that. It's more like, dude, oh, you were in Italy? Sweet, dude. I was in in Paris. I was in Cabo for three weeks. Like, you just like catch up and you hear this stuff because let's not pretend like it's a normal life to be a seasonal worker and have that much time off. And it's, it's, I mean, which is also a misleading statement. I'm getting, can get way far off on that. Like you don't really have that much time off, but the, the first day is a lot of just like the catch up, the physicals that don't get hurt. Um, everyone's usually curious, you know, if we, if we got a new cook going, what, what did they, what do we got in the kitchen? Um, you know, and, and a lot of times the, the things that make you comfortable, uh, about, about being a ball player, meaning the staff by everyone behind the scenes, a lot of times there's not a big turnover there. So you're getting a chance to say hi to everybody there too um, and getting a chance to really just dive in on and on people's lives and, and reconnect because there's so many people involved in a clubhouse that you like just don't keep up with all of them throughout the off season. And so it's just kind of that first day and you get a, you get a good head start on the position players because who knows what they do for the last week of the off season while they're not reporting why the pitchers and catchers are like they just keep hitting in the cage or something. Um, and so you just get that extra, that extra, that extra couple days, but the first day is really just a big social club and some bullpens, but make sure you don't get hurt kind of vibes. How important is it to have 
that conversation with the coach. You kind of breeze past it, which might indicate how important it is. But do coaches often have a, a new philosophy that you're coming into that you need to get behind a new way of pitching? You know, it's we're in a, a totally different era now as opposed to uh, 60s, 70s, 80s, even 90s, where your pitching coach was probably your pitching coach always. But now all of you guys have your own trainers, your own systems, yeah. your own things that you're going through. And so you've been walking, I would imagine, pretty independently. And now you're being asked to jump in on some philosophy for the team. Is that usually how it goes? And how important is that? I mean, did you see like, did you see the thing with the Nationals where they put the signs up in their bullpen where it yeah. said uh, the GM the GM put out there, nobody, we don't care how hard you throw a ball for or whatever it was. Like mm-hmm. there's there's usually something along those lines. Like there there's usually some sort of message where it's like, there's usually somebody in the front office, somebody in the, the pitching department got, you know, uh, read somewhere that, you know, the sinkers are back. And now if you look around the room, like everybody in the room is throwing a sinker um, because we love it as an organization. Like there's usually an overarching kind of uh, like theme to teams. Um, if you just kind of look closely enough with the nuances of what each guy does. Um, and some teams are the opposite where like you go look at like the Rays and the San Francisco Giants and no two guys throw from the same arm slot. But like, if you're an outsider, like you wouldn't know that, but if you go actually pull up the charts and look at their release points, not, not two guys in the bullpens for either one of those clubs throw from the same spot. Um, so it's like, you know, everybody kind of has like their thing, their nuance, their, their kind of message that they want to drive home. Um, but it, it's baseball. So how much deeper can we get than, Let's mix speeds and throw strikes. You know, like ultimately when yeah. you come down to it, it's it's a game of cliches for a reason. As dumb as they are, as funny as they are, as much as they get made fun of is, you know, that's just that they're, they're part of it. They're a part of the game. And so, yeah, there's usually some sort of philosophy. There's usually some sort of like, here's what we sucked at last year. Let's not suck at it this year. Uh, let's go get, well, let's go win one for the, the, the gipper here. Like the old kind of speech. And then you, you get out the door and, you, you go back to talking about what you did in the off season. How often does that approach really work when the coaches come almost a little heavy handed with that? I could, I could imagine coming with a philosophy and then having a really successful first month that a lot of guys kind of take it on as uh, their own personal slogan. Right. But these are pros. These are guys that have usually been around the block a couple times, maybe save for a few younger guys. Um, how well do those culture building things work? And when they do work, What's the secret sauce behind that? You know, it's funny. I feel like a lot of times the secret sauce to a teams isn't like the, the, the big name coach or the, the, you know, the, the superstar that shows up and teaches young guys how to work hard or, you know, just like that. It seems like usually the secret sauce of a team is like the way a bullpen catcher manages the minds of the young guys and helps them understand how to be present and be there or, uh, something as simple as your the, the team psychologist is really good at walking around and nobody knows if this person's having the deepest conversation of their lives or they're talking about who they're going to pick at the golf tournament this weekend to finish in the top five. Like you don't know, like the, some of the teams have the best, like those guys, um, some teams that their, their secret sauce to the whole thing is their chaplain and how they uh, help guys really get through the concepts of, you know, just of life in general, but getting through a lot of the failure that we deal with constantly as ballplayers and, uh, you know, bringing guys together that way. 
and uniting a clubhouse uh, through through baseball chapel. Like there's there's many things you could see that would would work. And I guess yeah, it could be this philosophy of a, a pitching coach at some level, right? Um, but I think that it's one of those things where it's definitely not for show, but it's definitely one of those things that's, uh, um, you know, it's, 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 it's stating such an obvious statement usually that everyone just kind of in one ear out the other. Um, but they're, they're never wrong. I mean, throw, throw hard, mix, mix speeds, throw strikes. Like that's what you're trying to do. So they, it's not wrong. Uh, but I don't ever think that having one of those speeches on opening opening day of uh, of camp is going to be the the make or break moment or person of the year kind of thing. So reductive about spring training, Dan. I'm I'm so offended as a deep into it baseball fan. It's just throw hard and make speeds. Nah, it's just fine. Yeah. Just deal with well, it. Well, like so, <laughs> there's only one person. Uh, that that you show up that's really dialed in and ready to go on the first day of spring training, and that's a job that no one really knows exists. It's called the camp coordinator. Okay. Um, I think traditionally the camp coordinator would be the bench coach. Uh, a lot of times they're the ones that actually run spring training because the manager, quite frankly, is super busy in all these meetings. They're meeting with the GMs. They're meeting with the, this, the pro scouting department, they're meeting with the analytics department. They're just constantly in meetings. I never once envied one manager during spring training with how much like just closed door meetings they're having all day, every day. Um, you know, ownerships in town. So they're out to dinner, they're up late. They're just, they're busy. And so it's usually somebody different. Um, we even had one time, uh, one of Mattingly's guys came over. He was the catcher, bullpen catcher with the Dodgers, came over to the Marlins, was our bullpen catcher. And he was he ran camp for us. And it was really fun because it was the first time I had somebody not the bench coach. And you see our bench coach just literally wandering. Tim Wallach was literally just wandering around camp for like weeks, just like almost like, Tim, what are you like? What are you doing here? Like, why are you even here? Like, he's a big jokester, too. He's super fun to be around. And it was just like it got to the point where he was just like just – like picking on guys so much that you're just like finally like Wally, like what do you do you even work here anymore? Like you're not doing anything. <laughs> uh, and so you know you get you get just like different stuff. So the only person super ready to go, uh, and you know it could be anybody. Some play, some people probably just have somebody that's just in charge of camp coordinator. Like that's an actual role now. Um, but typically it's just passed around. Uh, different people would wear that hat. Uh, but they're the schedule makers. They're the ones dialed in. Um, every day it's an absolute organized chaos situation when you got you know 70 guys running around three different fields in six different cages off of eight different mounds and everyone's got to know where to go to be at the same times to get their work in like i don't envy that so they're they're ready to go everyone else is just there to turn their head and cough uh get a seal of approval and uh get out there on the field and get ready to go so professor asked earlier about the the first day of school vibes uh not to be a downer but you're not there right you're not at the first day of school does it have a little bit of that homeschooled feeling right now yeah well maybe that's the analogy right i think uh uh well i know i've i've participated in a version of homeschool as a kid and there was something too like well there go my friends they get on the bus and they go here and their day looks like this and i'm over here all by myself or with a couple people because when I was in second grade, I was put into a, uh, a small private Christian school with um, two other people and they were both high school girls. So that was dire. But anyway, that's yeah. for my therapist. That's not for this podcast. Fair. 
Well, what are you? Are you sad? Are you mad? Are you just like, well, somebody's going to call me in the next five minutes anyway, so I'm really not that worried about it. Um, yeah. Yes. Uh, what's the Every single right one of those, yes. Um, quick update. Remember we were talking about uh, last last week, we were chatting about how, you know, you just got to keep your head up and you got to keep going and you can't have doubts and you just got to, you know, if you, the moment you kind of get off track, like you're done. And I said that my, you know, my buddy called me and we were talking and he, you know, this is probably it. And, uh, you know, and I was like, well, he's done. You remember when we talked about that on the podcast? Yeah. 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 Update, yeah. update. He, he got, he got a job like a day and a half after we, we published nice. or after we recorded. <laughs> um, I'm sitting here and I, I go up to Seattle and I like, I, w- I wouldn't say like, I wasn't like on the verge of tears. You know what I mean? Like I wasn't like upset like that, but it was like, I, I, I woke up Wednesday um, it was Valentine's day. I was just by myself in a hotel room because I was up in Seattle at driveline because I wasn't, cause I'm not in spring training. And so I was like, you got two options when you're in my seat, you either stay ready or you don't like, there's no, there's no guarantee on the stay ready side. And I understand that, but there is a guarantee on the don't side. Right. And I, and I'm not ready to, I'm not ready to walk away. So what does, what does that look like then for you? Is that more of the same as we were last week? We're we're back in Seattle we're working with Driveline, um, working on the same things. We no no, it's not it's not the same things. We're not just beating a dead horse at this point. Like I'm yeah. still trying yeah. to to adapt and to change. Like this week in Seattle, I was like, you know, like screw it. Like I'm my arms moving faster. I'm feeling better. I'm gonna throw a curveball here, and I just throw this curveball that I, the first one I'd thrown all off season. Um, a pitch I've thrown thousands of times in my life and all of a sudden it was way better than it's been in years. So yeah, we, we just threw that out there. You know, nice. I throw a bull, I throw a bullpen on Tuesday and all of a sudden we got seven different pitches rolling. So I'm texting that to everybody I can think of texting video, texting, uh, data files. Um, I, I texted multiple general managers in the last 48 hours, just sending them videos and sending them, um, Hey, I know you're talking to my agent, but you know, uh, love to help out in any role that you see fit. Like I'm clearly sitting here on whatever the, the February 18th. Um, like I'm, I want my chip in my chair, man. Like I want my opportunity and I know I'm not the only one. I know there's a bunch out there and uh, like, you know, I, I hear people say like, well, you know, this Snell and Montgomery and these guys haven't signed. And I'm like, I'm not those guys. Like, I'm not looking for that. I'm not looking for those dollars. I'm not looking for their situation. I'm not even looking for anything guaranteed in the major leagues, guys. Like, I'm just looking for a chip in a chair here. Um, and, you know, everyone's just like, oh, it's just a slow market. It's a slow this. It's a slow that. And I'm like, that's fine. But I'm going to stay ready. I'm going to keep doing my thing. I'm going to keep working. Um, you know, and it's like a lot of small victories along the way. So, like, we go – in Seattle on Friday, I was uh, pitching and I threw, I threw a fastball and it was 90.5, not overwhelmingly quick, right? Like 90.5 happens to be the fastest pitch I've ever thrown indoors in Seattle. I'm 35 years old and just threw faster indoors in Seattle than I've thrown at any level. I've started going there in 2015 for context. So like things are headed the right direction. I just need opportunity. I just need opportunity. I've said no to, uh, coaching and professional baseball. I've said no to um, the other small things that I, I feel like I could be doing in the game of baseball. Um, I'm, I'm all in here. There's no plan B. This is the plan. Uh, yeah. Scary as hell. I don't know what, 
that looks like, right? It's uh, like we said many times here, it's, it's, it's the 18th of February and I'm, I'm at home. Um, and like, that's okay. I don't know why. I just know that that's okay. Like for whatever reason, that's okay. Mm. It doesn't make me happy. It doesn't make me comfortable, but it's okay. No matter whether I was, I was at camp with somebody or not right now, I'm putting in the same level of work because even getting a chance to go to someone's camp, getting a chance to go to AAA with somebody, that, that's not the goal. And so no matter where I'm at, I'm doing the same thing, I'm doing the same preparation, the same work. I would love to be in a uniform. I would love to be telling all the guys how sick it was to, to hang out in Central Oregon all offseason and just really focus on my craft because I felt like that's what I had to do uh, instead of going to these cool places. But like, I don't get to do that yet. And so this is just, just, this just gets to be continued on as part of my story and a part of my journey. And the whole point for myself, one of the driving factors for myself is that like, I've said this my whole career and me and Amanda have kind of made not, not light of this, but we've definitely used it many times in our, in our, in our marriage and in our life where it's like, man, remember when we thought that was hard. And I just have a feeling that I'm going to look back in life at some point and think like, man, remember when I thought having to wait until February 19th was, was hard waiting for that job opportunity. Remember when I thought that was hard, like, man, that was, that was a simpler time. And we've, no matter how many ups and downs and, and everything else we've had and uh, in, in this, in this game of baseball, um, we, we've said that so many times, we've said that so many times. And so I'm able to, to reach back in that, that, that bag of experience and pull out all these memories of, of hard moments and just be like, well, at least, you know, this is different, but man, this, I'd rather be in this situation than in that situation kind of thing. I wanted to follow a question to that uh, earlier conversation about being, you know, waiting to, to be uh, signed by someone texting GMs. Mm -hmm. Is this normal? Yeah. Practice? Does this happen a lot? No idea. No idea if that's normal. But why, why not? Sure. Why not? Like there's, I mean, I've heard from so many people out there. Like we talked about before, it's like the same thing with agencies. It's like you're, you're putting so much trust in that person, right? So like, let's say I text a friend of a friend or however, somebody, some information. Hey dude, here's a, you know, recent bullpen of mine. Here's some, you know, really good pitches, stuff I'm really proud of. Here you go. Take a look at it. Oh, yeah, yeah, let me pass this along. Who knows if they pass it along, right? So yeah. why wouldn't I just text general managers? Ironically, I think I probably have all their phone numbers because they were all assistant general managers that sent me down or called me when I got traded or usually nothing positive is the reason I have their cell phone number. But like, <laughs> let me shoot you a text. And one of them texted back right away and was just like, Hey dude, uh, hope all is well. Like appreciate the, the heads up on this. Like we're going to take a look and, and you know, well, best of luck either way, no matter what happens, but you know, thanks for sending this to me, you know? And it's just like, maybe that's the thing, but maybe that gives me the hope that I need to give it all I got tomorrow to keep going, to keep pushing. Right. You know, so I have all like those small victories to lean on. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know if, like, I don't know how else to put it, right? Like, uh, you know, anytime, anytime somebody's faced with an adverse situation, like, like you got, what, do you, what am I supposed to do? Just like walk around and like 
go kick the rock down the road and poor as me and be upset. Like, yeah, I've had those moments. Trust me. Yeah. That's my wife. Like I have not been just like, Oh, everything's great. Like, yeah, it's not, it's not easy. It's not fun. Um, but I have plenty of those moments where, you know, Hey, so-and-so did this or so-and-so like that, or I post something and like, and the, the, the founder of driveline, like reposts it because what I'm putting out there comes from his facility. Yes. But it's because it's quality and it's almost like his stamp of approval. And like, you know, we we're talking yesterday and it's like every single bit of feedback I've gotten has been so positive, whether it's like, you know, one of the teams told my agent like, Hey, this is, you know, we came to pro day and saw Dan and you know, it's, professional bullpen it's exactly what we expected he was throwing a little harder than we thought he would be uh that was a nice surprise but we don't have room for him right now and it's like how many times do we just get fed so much positive feedback but no offers no like solidified here we want you deals and it's just like what's missing like what's missing um you know and then i start seeing all these other guys signing and it's like I texted my agent like, Hey, what is this guy doing that I'm not doing? Like I'm trying to get, and he's like, Hey dude, don't do that to yourself. Like, don't do that to yourself. And I'm like, I, I hear what you're saying, but like, I'm not, I'm not doing that to myself. I'm asking a legitimate question. Like if this guy has an opportunity to get signed, what is he doing that I'm not so that I can become a different pitcher? It's like, I'm not asking out of pity it's like i got sent down one time and i just literally looked the general manager in the face and said what can i do differently next time so that it's not my name that you message down is getting sent down today like what can i do different what am i missing and it completely rattled them no answer no response not at all what they expected just go pitch better maybe would have sufficed but i got nothing so it's kind of that same situation where it's like, what am I missing? What is not clicking? It's not that I'm getting angry that these other guys are signing. I'm happy for them. Good for you. But ultimately, they ain't going to put food on my kid's plate, right? So like, what what am I missing as a pitcher that I'm, that's not sexy enough to get picked up? Is it my age? Is it the fact that I went overseas the last few years? Is it the fact that I didn't finish the season in Korea and got let go and came home early because it's not me throwing 90 mile an hour fastballs with 24 inches of vert. It's not me throwing cutters at 18 inches of vert, negative horizontal. It's I can keep going metrically, but it's like all these things that keep happening are not the reason unless they are right. But no one will tell you that. So it's like, what other outside factor is it that's keeping me from signing? And there's, there's a plethora of, of reasons why it could be right. And unfortunately I chose a business where we never get to know. We never get to know. And so just keep going. It's, uh, it's hard. It's hard. I'm not going to sit here and tell you, like I say, I'm not going to sit here and say it's easy. Um, but at the end of the day, uh, it's, uh, you know, it's eight 40 at night right now in, in 12 hours from now, I will be headed towards the gym throwing, lifting, preparing just the same as if I was getting ready to face the Yankees in three days. Like it doesn't matter going there to do that. So you ever ask yourself, Dan, if this is just like the universe's payback for things going so well for you romantically in your life, 
you know, you found an awesome woman really early. Things went pretty well, beautiful kid. And it's like, you know what? Dan really needs like some misery in the, in the, why don't people want me today thing? Do you think that's possible? How are we feeling about karma right now? Uh, you yes. can have it all. Yeah. <laughs> I don't, I don't think that exists. Um, if it does, you got me, right? Like you got me. Um, I, I really, uh, you know, I, dude, I could go on and on about all the, the weird karma things I've probably tried to do over the years, walking down the street <laughs> in Chicago, I'm pitching that night and just taking homeless guys out to breakfast at Chick-fil-A because I don't want to have bad juju that day, period. Uh, just like stuff like that, where it's like, there's, we've checked those boxes enough. Um, hey, you're in the positive column. I, that's true. I should have given it I, to you. You're in the positive I, column. <laughs> unless i'm not somewhere right who knows but the, we got we got all this stuff going um and ultimately like i've had i it's so hard to say this because but it's so true like i've been so blessed in this game um that if like if this if this was it like if if i was done no one else ever wants me i'd be very proud of what i put out there be very proud of what i put out there but I, like I said last week, I'm just not done. Like I'm better than what I was when I was 30. Why would I walk away? Why should I be done? I need that opportunity, right? I need that chip in that chair. There's thousands of guys thinking the same things that I'm thinking right now out loud. Somewhere in, not, not even just in America and planet Earth, that believe that they deserve a shot. They deserve a chip in a chair that they'd probably look at me and be like, dude, you've made your money. You've had your time. You've done this. You've done that. Like go home move on, let us have a chance. Like, that's just not the game we're in, right? And so I just, I, I, I can't help but think sometimes though, just the odd moment driving down the street, the odd moment laying there trying to fall asleep at night, just what, what if, what if there is no call? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And that's just, I gotta say, Dan, scary. <laughs> What's that, Christina? I just gotta say, listen to the podcast. You know, I know your story a little bit. Even just having this be called the journeyman and all of the different you know teams you've been a part of and trying to get where you want to get. Like you're just so positive and it's so inspirational. And right now, the pitchers and catchers are you know talking with each other and they have psychologists and you know chaplains and stuff. But like, who when you're in this like waiting game, you know, you're doing the work, you're sending videos to GMs, you're doing all, you know, putting all this effort in, but who's like your, like, where is, who's your support system? Like, who are you talking to, to, you know, make those bonds, even though you're not, you know, on a roster yet. We're back to yeah, Chick-fil-A. Uh, we're back to Chick-fil-A. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, I did go there last week. I yes, have. Nailed it. Like <laughs> this, like this group, like these guys here um, that I can confide in uh, one thing that really has uh, bonded Ben, Jeff and I over the years is that we don't talk about work a whole lot. Um, we talk about real life stuff. Uh, we, yeah. you know, it's like uh, it's, it's part of the whole journeyman process where it's like, I don't necessarily, like, I, don't, I, I don't necessarily care what you do. As, as a human being, like what your job title is, like how'd you get there kind of thing is more of like what interests me. Um, and I think that's where I, you know, so I've, I've got these guys here and then I've got my five to six guys in, in the game of baseball that 
um, that I can reach out to. A lot of them are surrounding the game, not necessarily in the game that I can reach out to and just kind of confide in and talk to. And then the obvious at home, you know, uh, Amanda's here and, um, you know, she's just as, uh, just as, uh, we'll say curious as to where I'm going as I am, um, you know, and we have a lot of, a lot of real conversations about, you know, what, what's going on here. And, uh, but at the same time, like, you know, it's, there's other things to do. There's, I, I, I've said no to, to going to, you know, asked, not that I was offered a contract, but asked if I would wanted to go to Taiwan. And I said, you know, I, I really am good. Like, no, thank you right now. Um, you know, I've, I, I've been asked if I would be interested in Mexico. Like, I don't know. Like, I'm not there. Like, it's, it's still too soon to call. Um, and then, you know, somebody was like, would you mention an independent ball? And I'm like, I really don't think so. Um, but like, I don't know, like that, the independent ball one's tough because like what you, there, I, I don't know if I don't see a route to my end game here, like, I don't know if it's worth it for me, uh, and to be gone from my family for, uh, you know, a thousand dollars a month, it just doesn't sound appealing to me in the least bit. And, and God bless all the guys out there that that is your your big leagues. And I am not trying to be disrespectful to anybody um, that is grinded to get there. I want that to be to be known. I have as mu- as much respect for those guys. Um, you know, I don't have all the time, but the guy that caught me up at driveline all week, I got to hear his story and his all his indie ball stops, and that is his big leagues. And it was really cool to hear the excitement that he got being a part of those. And he asked me at the end of the lunch, like, would that be something you'd consider? And I was just the same thing, probably, you know, probably not. But yeah, like my support system isn't isn't vast, but I think that's also on purpose. Um, you know, I don't need I don't need ten people to to try to build me up, to try to make me feel good, so I can go to the people I want to hear the the responses I'm looking for. No, I'm not interested in that. I got my I got my my three four really good friends that I trust. Um, their opinions, their feelings, that they know me, they know my family, they know the whole picture, um, and they're the guys that I can confide in. Like that said, I don't have the the yeah. sports all just like you said to bounce stuff off of, and um, you know everything else is kind of surrounded with with the perks of being a big leaguer, being in major league camp. So uh, yeah, we're just having our own Central Oregon camp here, and uh, it's about to get smaller. My one of my if there's three of us here now, all pitchers. And uh, one of them's with uh, headed up to the the East Coast on Wednesday, as he's going to minor league camp with the Nationals. So, uh, you know, nice. we got two more days with him, and then and then it's just two of us. So, um, yeah, yeah I, I have no clue. I have no clue how it's going to keep shaping up. But uh, like I said a couple times now, uh, two options: give up or don't. Yeah. It, sports psychologists can't share a whiskey with you while they're having a session. So I'd like <laughs> to think of myself as a superior option, by the way. Uh, you know, yeah. just not selling myself short over here. That's really my only job. Hey, as we uh, finish up the last 15 minutes or so of this pod, why don't we go ahead and go to some listener questions? So, Professor, go ahead and lay that music down and we'll get down to it. That's it. That's right. Right there. 
All right, here we go. Question one from the listeners via Twitter. Uh, I heard you call it X earlier. I can't do it. I'm still calling it Twitter, so we're just going to stick. Do it. Uh, <laughs> Dan, uh, and you, you kind of answered this already, but you can you can give us maybe uh, the, the recap idea of it. Uh, are you considering more international destinations after you had your experience in South Korea? Uh, I would. I'm not saying that I wanted. I would definitely hear any opportunity but um by the time things get going almost all the international jobs are gone so like if you don't make it known right away when the off season starts that's something you're interested in uh, not saying i would have had opportunity to go anywhere i was just stating that i wanted to stay home so um you know anybody that would have called my agent the first thing they're gonna say is would dan have an interest in coming here and he was gonna say you know we're looking to stay home so uh, going forward, that'd probably change, but I really, I've said it, I think day one on this podcast, uh, back in, uh, in, in peak COVID years, um, that I, uh, I want to finish my career in the big leagues. Like that's the whole goal of this whole thing. Um, I'm not looking for 10 more years in the big leagues, right? I'm looking to finish this thing in the big leagues, whether that's one year, one day, three years, five years, no idea, right? Like that's not for, I don't get to decide that I get to go decide how I'm going to try to get there. And so that's where we're at. But um, definitely, I would never say no to seven-figure contracts. We talked about that before many times in this podcast. Like yeah. I'm trying to make money to pay for my kid's college and try to put food on the table, right? So, yeah. Yeah, that was from James, by the way, the uh, self-proclaimed Lotte Giants fan. This one has uh, a question for the general pod uh, and then more directed at you, Dan. What is the greatest prank you've ever been a part of or seen? Dan, more specifically, spring training prank. Uh, spring training prank. I wouldn't necessarily call it the best, uh, but it was so terrible that it was the best spring training. It was just so anyway. Uh, we come in and uh, Mike Fires had this like really nice pair of like Louis Vuitton shoes uh, that were given to him by uh, Carlos Gomez like many many years ago, and he still had them because he took good care of them. And one day we're sitting there having a team meeting, and all of a sudden Fires walks in from one of the last guys there. Starting pitchers are pretty notorious for being the last guys to team meetings because. We live on our own schedule, and so he comes in on time, but, you know, and all of a sudden his shoes are sitting in the middle of the room, and all of a sudden Gomez reaches forward and lights them on fire and just starts laughing. (laughs) (laughs) He just burns, just burns a pair of Louis Vuitton shoes, and you're just like, what? What?" (laughs) Uh, And then all the, like, he's just, like, dumbfounded standing there, and he's like, you're going to... Are you gonna buy me a new pair? He's like, no. Like you got, you're in arbitration. Go get your own pair, Poppy. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> are other people wearing new shoes? This? No one knows what to do. <laughs> yeah. It was like, it was so awkward. It was just like, what do we? <laughs> and then, uh, <laughs> I guess the same guy, uh, Gomez, same, same guy. Um, uh, <laughs> we're. Tyler White uh, is is you know he's in the big leagues, uh, three weeks up, and uh, has like you know American League Player of the Month kind of thing going on. Uh, the Great White Park phenomenon is hitting, 
uh, th- I wasn't there for this one, right? I was just part of this organization. I was there all spring training. Um, I was, where was I when this happened, actually? I was in Cincinnati. Um, but he's he's out there, and all of a sudden, so Gomez drives his brand-new Range Rover, like the weakest, second or third weekend in the big leagues. He goes out and buys the Range Rover, and Gomez drives it out to center field at Houston and parks it right in front of that hill and just starts to just try to crush it. Oh, and what? You, you see Tyler running a, a screen out to try to guard his new Range Rover, and Gomez hits a ball, and it just goes right over the screen, right onto his hood, and just smacks his, <laughs> his brand-new Range Rover. Oh and you're just my like, gosh. again, like, and then what do you, you can just picture him at home plate, just like pointing, ha, gotcha. And it's like, dude, no. That's not a gotcha, now I gotta call in, I got to call insurance now. <laughs> and I, it's going against you. I want to be the like, insurance guy on the claim oh that, listening to that story. It's not a gotcha, though. The gotcha right? is yeah. like, oh, that's not actually your car. Just kidding. ha, <laughs> ha. Or we have another pair of shoes for you right here. There's no, there's no like good way to, these guys finish these mm. pranks. What's the deal here? This seems no. a little too harsh. Yeah, that's kind of the those are the two main ones that stick out, uh, <laughs> and neither one of them are really that good. But like you're just not quite bored enough, I guess, at spring training to you know start lighting shoes on fire or hot foot in the dugout for those you don't know. You just light someone's like light someone's shoelaces on fire yeah, like, figure it out find a way that's <laughs> funny you know just having a hot foot mid-game yeah, but gasoline uh, or something like that yeah i mean just use some accelerators and just soak their jock strap in, in gas and then light it on fire you know <laughs> maybe they'll miss it <laughs> gotcha oh uh, professor christina any big classic pranks in your lives oh yeah I was just gonna say, I have a friend in California. His thing, at every house he goes to, he just will move things like slightly nice. in people's houses, or you know, like, sw- like switch picture frames, or like move your utensils to like a different drawer, and then just wait to see if people notice. But he worked a lot on this one, where we were all at a friend's house, and he decided to move every single piece of furniture of one of our friends with his sister stuff, and then. Long story short, this fight kind of happened. So my friend threw this other guy in the pool that we were at his house. And so he went upstairs to get a change of clothes and he couldn't find his clothes because they were just all in another room. But I don't know, that's like his thing. So I'm always looking around at <laughs> my house when he would come over to see if he moved anything around. Yeah, just nothing like, like uh, a fork someone's house. Like, where'd I get this yeah, from? Yeah, the prank of paranoia yeah. that something is afoot, oh. something's around, it just moving things just a hair that's actually creepier than i gave it credit for when you first started telling that story when i was in high school so this is a long time ago right where uh, i feel like there's been a lot of found footage horror films that have come out for the last probably couple decades but the one that i remember that started it all was the blair witch project yeah uh, right. again, it dates me fairly well i think i was like 16 i know we were driving so we were like you know getting a group together going to the movie theaters together maybe 17 18 whenever it came out 
And there, we had one friend, his name is Paco. And Paco was the guy that was like, I saw actually an interview of the actress who's in it, so it's definitely not real, guys. But we didn't say it was real. We know it's a movie. They're not like putting a, a snuff film at the AMC Promenade, right? <laughs> We're just go- going to be entertained. And and he, but he wanted to make sure we all knew it wasn't real. So after we all went and saw it together, you know, it was, it was what it was. It was fun. We dropped him off at his house, and the rest of the guys, we were like, let's just start like doing a kind of a long con here of dropping off like you know stacks of rocks in front of his house um not, not thinking he'd really be scared by it and he, he wasn't actually scared by it but like i don't know why you guys keep doing this I'm like we're all with you tonight no we'd actually have like some of our girlfriends come and drop oh off rocks at his gosh. house and we'd all get home and be there we'd find out where he was going on a date night and we'd drop them off in front of his jeep that he had and, like you know that was back before <sighs> cell phones you know, were, were texting around so we'd be, all see each other at school on monday and be like Seriously, how'd you just find me at the Olive Garden? Like, where's where, where, us, bro? So, I don't really know if there was a good payoff to that, but but we tried oh, to mess with them. That is messed up. I'm trying to I'm, I'm trying off. to bring myself back to the era. That was so scary, man. Like the Blair Witch stuff was scary because yeah. it seemed I don't know semi real because you never saw the big bad thing right on the screen. It just kind of noises. That was perfectly marketed. Your imagination. It's like Jaws, right? And so you guys were like playing the Jaws theme everywhere this guy went, essentially. By that's why we had to get him though. He tried to break it for us. Like, let us have theater of the mind. (laughs) (laughs) All right, final question for the pod. Tell us about your interest in Taylor Swift, especially at the Super Bowl. All right. This one's important. That last one was from Cody, by the way. This is from a guy named Brennan on, again, on Twitter, not on X, on Twitter. Uh, your opinion of the coverage of Taylor Swift in the Super Bowl. So I will I will make this maybe a little bit more efficient for us. Um, I'll give you a few categories, all right? Um, not enough coverage, just right, way too much. Those are the three. What do you got? Let's start with the professor. Not enough. Wow. And it's not that I'm super yeah. invested into wanting to know, uh-huh. but you know, I already said my favorite part of the Super Bowl ended up being the halftime show. Like it was fun. It went into overtime. It was, you know, by all metrics, a, a good game. But again, I'm just not necessarily invested to either team. So go ahead and give me some more juice there. I, I, I'd take more. All right. All right. All right, Christina. I thought during like the game they could have shown more, but I mean. Yeah. At the end, you know, when Travis Kelsey is up there singing Viva Las Vegas, and I think I'm pretty sure we all saw Taylor get the ick. Do you guys know what the ick is? I've had conversations <laughs> with them about this. Oh, we need a whole podcast no. on the ick. That's like a whole, no. Oh, you should go watch watch it back. But that, like, just seeing all of her reactions at the end, I think that was, like, perfect. It was perfect. I'm, okay. I'm actually with the professor here. I think, I think we could have had, I think we could have had more. Um, this is a pro wasn't it? Pod. Dude, didn't they? They showed her and she <laughs> yeah. chugged a, she chugged a beer on the jumbotron. That's <laughs> yeah. how the whole thing started. And it's great. Like they don't. Travis only caught nine balls. So like the way they do it, right? Is every time he does something, they show her. Mm-hmm. And so like, yeah. And it's not just her. Like you go look at anything. You go watch a Tyreek Hill catch a pass. They're showing his mom and his and his wife sitting there. You go watch, you know, Pat Mahomes. They're showing, they're showing his wife. Anything, anybody does something, they're showing their loved ones, right? Like Amanda has been on TV multiple times after I strike somebody out. Like it's just part of sports. It's part of what happened. Um, but to have Taylor Swift bring so many fans to football, 
Like, I'm just pro people showing up and supporting sports, live sports, and just sports in general. So, like, this is about entertainment. So, like, you have the biggest entertainers in the world. And I know you made this about Taylor. Like, yeah, we showed Taylor whatever times, and it was fun, I, but, like... I made this about oh, Taylor? No. You did. This question. <laughs> and then you had you had all these other entertainers, too, that got showed on the TV. You could... They just go look at, like, the... The, the who's who my actually okay, my favorite one was did you see Tommy Fams uh yes his, yes his second quarter and his third quarter posts yes awesome hey Jeff so uh no, what was it I see so Christina Jeff is Fam is lives in Vegas Tommy Fam uh famous in baseball for being a good baseball player but for like the yeah. whole Jock Peterson fantasy football incident yeah um yeah. His second quarter picture, him, him, in the, him in the end zone. Yes, he was. Yeah, he was their DH. Made the World Series. Uh, and all that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just, but he's an incredible ball player. But he posted a picture. He's like 10, 13 rows up, maybe in like a corner of an end zone. Second quarter, and then third quarter picture of him toes up at his house. There you go, Ben. Toes up. He's toes up at his house watching <laughs> the game at home. <laughs> And it was like, view from the second quarter is pretty good, but I prefer this view from my couch. And it was like, the dude left. The dude just went home and caught the second okay. half at home. I mean... Props to him. Ouch. It better be a free ticket. That's all I'm saying. Oh, I don't care sure how much money you made. Oh, yeah. I don't care how much money you've made. That better have been a free ticket. <laughs> that better. But that was probably my favorite, like, celebrity kind of, like viewing of the game actually was was yeah i live with the biggest swifty uh at this in the state of oregon so like i get it um you know that's we watched the game for travis and taylor watch but um i'm great grateful that, that was good i just like i think it's funny i think it's great all the people that she's brought to, to football um and i just also like watching everybody just stir up the conversation about it so like the more the merrier it is pretty great. I was a tiny bit of me was hoping that somebody would push back against this just for the sake of debate, uh, but it sounds like we're a, we're a pro Swifty podcast here. This is this is impressive. I am amazed at the NFL's ability to just keep growing. It seems impossible, and then they right. find something else. And you know, I I don't know. I'm just uh, honestly. Like Taylor is a complete and total force taking over the whole world. Travis Kelsey shot his shot, which is impressive as all get out. It still doesn't make sense in my brain how the two of them go together. It just doesn't quite register for me. But overall, for me, it's the NFL's ability to capitalize on yet another thing and get even bigger and more incredible. It's just, it blows my mind. I don't know how they do it every single time, but we managed to get Taylor Swift from the podcast. Good job, guys. If you have questions, yeah. you can I'll go ahead. <laughs> you can go ahead and, uh, you know, text us personally if you have our phone numbers, or you can get after uh, either Dan or myself on Twitter. You can also leave us a rating, review, subscribe, all that stuff on the podcast app. If you write a question on your podcast review, we're going to go ahead and read it on the podcast. We'd just love to continue to connect with you guys and do our best to make the podcast as good as possible. Uh, so how, how was that, guys? Does that feel good? The first quad-style cast. We're feeling good about it. Yes? It was great. Yeah. Yes. And we're off and rolling. <laughs> Hit the subscribe button. And uh, man, you guys, till next week. We'll see you next time.